What's going on, everybody? You're listening to a new episode of the Post Game Report podcast. And the New York Giants won game number two. I know I'm very late when talking about this game versus the Panthers. It was a great victory. I actually went to the game. I dealt with some crowds. I had talked about my brain injury and how, you know, certain things affect me. So it was... It was a really good time at the game. I had my issues dealing with certain uh, surprising surprises with noise and stuff like that. But the 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 the, the crowd was like hyped all the way from the, from the parking lot into the end uh, towards the end of the game. Everyone was excited, and the crowd was freaking loud. You know, I had to use my noise-canceling headphones, and I could still hear, like, the roar of the crowd. So that was really fun, you know. And and the fact that we won, we won an ugly game. Well, the New York Giants won an ugly game. Uh, So once again, they beat the Panthers. And uh, it was an ugly game. You know, the Giants could have lost this had, you know, some of the receivers for the Panthers actually caught the ball. And it was really nice to see that we beat you know, uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, (laughs) so I really didn't want to lose to that dude, uh, for the simple fact that, you know, he's just one of those, for as much as I respect what he's done in college and how he's overcome a lot of these situations leading up to the NFL and being the number one pick when he wasn't expected to, you know, I can respect that grit and that, and that fortitude that, that, you know, it took for him to get to the Browns and then make the Browns a nice, you know, surprise team, take them to the playoffs. I mean, he didn't do it by himself. But, yeah, at one point, the Cleveland Browns with Baker Mayfield on the at, at the quarterback helm was, was you know, a, a favorite to be a, a top contender for a possible Super Bowl run. So, anyway... Enough about Baker Mayfield. So, offensively, let's start with the offense. Well, number one, let me start with my predictions, right? I had said the Giants would win 28 to 17 or something weird like that. I was way off. Neither neither team hit 20 points. It was a very low-scoring game. I said my special teams player would be... um, I think it was James. I think he was going to get a touchdown a kickoff return. That didn't happen. But Gano, he literally kicked the Giants to victory. Defensively, I said it was going to be Leonard Marshall. I mean, excuse me. Wow. Wishful thinking, right? Having Leonard Marshall back. Leonard Williams. That didn't happen. I'd say that, the, I'd say that Julian Love was the defensive player of the game. For the New York Giants because he had, you know, like the, he had a key sack and he, he seemed like he was all over the place. So I, I'd say Julian Love and, and Simenez had another solid game. Uh, so did Ward, the two big men, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. They played really good games too. McCaffrey had a long run, but he wasn't. Like, he wasn't such a factor that he was absolutely keeping the Giants off balance. For what it was worth, they kept them under control 
especially in the passing game. And then on offense, I said it would be uh, Barkley. But on offense, I guess I would have to go with... Uh, no, actually, I said it would be the offensive line that, that would get the award as, uh, for offensive players. But um, I'd say it would be Bellinger. He got his first NFL touchdown, and it was a key touchdown. It was a great effort on his part to stretch out and get the ball in the end zone. So I, I'd give it to Bellinger. He's a rookie tight end, and uh, he gets his first touchdown. And it was the you know a, a very it was a, a tying touchdown to, at a very key moment. And then of course you know the total MVP has to be Gano. You know he he resurfaced as the most dependable offensive player. Uh, hopefully that doesn't continue. You know as good as Gano is, I would like to see some uh, an abundance of points from this freaking offense. So anyway. Defensively, they you know were batting down passes by Baker Mayfield. I said there would be four safeties at times on on the Giants' defense, and during that sack that Julian Love had against Baker Mayfield on the on a key third down, there was four safeties. There was I believe Belton deep, Richardson, you had McKinney, and you had Julian Love. So. I was right in that aspect. Uh, for someone like McCaffrey, you know, they were they were having uh, McKinney shadowing him. I don't know if, if that happened the entire game. But there were moments where you saw McKinney covering McCaffrey, and, and he did really good. So that's a positive because now we've gone up against two of, you know, the two dominating running backs. With different styles, you have, you know, the beast that is known as Derrick Henry, and then you have uh, McCaffrey, who can beat you as a runner or a receiver. And guess what? Against Dallas, we're going to face a two-headed monster where both running backs feature similar styles to the two running backs we just faced. And I'm talking about Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard. Now Pollard seems to be the kid or the running back that it could give us the most trouble. That could give could give the Giants the most trouble on defense. Now what I predict, right? Because let's take a look at Dallas's offense. They're gonna have Cooper Rush as the starting quarterback. And then you're gonna have Ezekiel Elliott. And then you're going to have possibly three wide receivers with C.D. Lamb, who you really have to pay attention to. Michael Gallup might return, but in his place, they've had Noah Brown make a nice contribution so far. Uh, their starting tight end, Schultz, is questionable, but they have Jake Ferguson. And then here's where, and last week I talked about potential weaknesses that the Giants can target. You have Tyler Smith, who's a rookie. He's playing left tackle. It hasn't been as bad as a lot of people anticipated for Tyler Smith, which is saying something because the kid was a guard, didn't take any reps at, at left tackle the entire preseason, and now he's playing left tackle 
in the NFL in meaningful games. And he's faced the Bengals, and they faced Minnesota, I believe. I forgot the first their first opponent. So he's gone up against really good pass rushers. And the New York Giants, as we know, during the first two games, their defensive line and linebackers haven't been able to create steady pressure. Now, Zimenez had a, had a sack uh, because Leonard Williams had a great inside move and caused Baker Mayfield to, to kind of drift towards Zimenez. But this week, we, it, it's, it seems very... It seems like the possibility of Zimenez and Ojolari being making their first start in the, uh, of the 2022 season is, is a reality. It seems like it's going to happen. So if that happens, we may have an edge because at right tackle, you have Terrence Steele. Now, last season when he was playing for Collins, when he was filling in for Collins, he wasn't that bad at all. So those two bookends, they are the question marks. They're not that bad as we assumed they would be in the beginning of the season when you heard that Tyler Smith was going to replace Tyron, uh, Tyron Smith. So we'll see because, you know, you still have Zach Martin, who is a Hall of Famer. But then you have uh, Matt. Farnock, Farnook, whatever his name is. He's going to be playing, I believe, left guard. And at center, you have Tyler Bradish. He he hasn't been bad at all. So it seems like that left guard and center and possibly left tackle would be where this defense and Martindale would try to run some schemes, maybe uh, maybe stuff the line of scrimmage towards that direction. But then again, you have Zach Martin at, at right guard. So once you leave an opening for Zach, uh, Zach Martin to run block for Ezekiel Elliott, that's a dangerous, that's a dangerous opportunity. So, you know, that's an easy worst case scenario, four yards, right? So, you know, Zach Martin's just been that type of player that whether you have a player over him or not, he's still one of those one of those players that can dominate you at the point of attack. But next to him you have Terrence Steele. So the Giants defensive line, you know, they're they're missing Leonard Williams who got injured against the Panthers. So it's not like they're gonna be full strength, even though they get Ojolari and Zimenez, now we don't have Leonard Williams, and he is a very key and integral part of this defense. And the Dallas can take full advantage of that. Now, what I think Dallas can do is that I have a feeling that Dallas could actually use Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard in the backfield. And this way, as we saw with games one and two, where different type of defensive schemes were implemented by the Giants to, you know, as a way to compete against these the two unique running backs that we faced. So once again, you have McCaffrey in game two and Derrick Henry in, in game one. 
both uh, for both games, you didn't have the same defense. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of defensive scheme the Giants are going to use against Ezekiel Elliott, number one. And will and will Dallas say, you know what? Let's put Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. Now Giants have to figure out, okay, do we stuff the line of scrimmage in preparation for Ezekiel Elliott getting the ball? Or do we do they see I keep saying we, sorry about that. Do they see Pollard in the backfield along with Elliott? And wonder, okay, is there going to be a fake to Ezekiel Elliott and then a sweep with Pollard to the outside? That's a pretty difficult situation to defend. And then you have C.D. Lamb. So, you know, obviously Cooper Rush is the weakness, right, for that offense. Uh, So possibly left guard being a, a real weakness if Connor McGovern doesn't play. And they have Matt Fanock. But then again, they do have, uh, I forgot who they signed. Uh, you know, he's another Hall of Fame left tackle. That's, uh, he played for the Eagles. Um, I forgot his name. My bad. But they did sign a free agent, a veteran, who could possibly play left guard. So that's a weakness. So if, if Matt Fanock is playing, that's a weakness that the New York Giants they can focus on, but, you know, they also have to focus on the New York Giants having a weakness in cornerback number two going up against C.D. Lamb. And then if Michael Gallup plays, you got to worry about Michael Gallup. The New York Giants aren't going to have an easy time against this Dallas, Dallas offense. Now, the Dallas offense is not as explosive as they are with Dak Prescott or even last season when they had Amari Cooper and Schultz being healthy. So they're not as explosive as they were last season. They actually lost. I mean, they, they won last week's game against the Bengals by three points. The Bengals actually came back with, uh, I forgot, two minutes or whatever. And to Dallas's credit, to the Cowboys credit and Cooper Rush, they were able to get to field goal range and beat the Bengals by three points, 20 to 17. But if you look at the stats, you see that the, that Dallas had the edge in passing, which is really surprising because you have Joe Burrow. But then again, I believe the Dallas defense had sacked Cincinnati six times. <laughs> so, Yeah. Cincinnati, you know, their offensive line we thought would be better, but they haven't necessarily been better. But when you look at the rushing yards, when compared to Cincinnati last week, it was 107 for Dallas. And uh, Cincinnati Bengals had 89 rushing yards. So, let's see. Time of possession, the edge went to the Bengals. And third down conversion, 35% for the Bengals, 30% for the Cowboys. And penalties, too. Cincinnati killed themselves with two more penalties, seven compared to five for the Cowboys. So 
the Cowboys aren't lighting it up, but neither are the New York Giants. So what happens on defense? What are, what are the Giants facing on defense? Well, <laughs> they're going to face a base 4-3 defense with the likes of Demarcus Lawrence, who has given the New York Giants problems. Uh, Odigi Zua uh, at tackle, defensive tackle. Bahona at another defensive tackle. And then uh, Armstrong. And, and don't forget Tristan Hill and Dante Fowler. So you're going to have Armstrong at defensive end as well. Or they can put Mika Parsons at defensive end. But at linebackers, you have Parsons, who is a playmaker, an absolute playmaker. He's a game changer. And then you have Vanderich, who is a good middle linebacker. Behind Vanderich, you have Jarrell Cox, who is a fast cover type linebacker. And then you have Anthony Barr, who is a proven veteran. And then they also have. At cornerback, Trayvon Diggs. Now, he's when it comes to cover skills, Diggs is a bit overrated, but he's an opportunist when it comes with the, you know, to, to getting interceptions and finding the ball in the air. Um, I believe he had eleven or ten interceptions last season. That's that's crazy. That you know that doesn't happen by luck. Well, a little bit of luck, but a lot of skill. So the free safety, you have Donovan Wilson, strong safety, Curse, Anthony Brown at corner. So when it comes to the secondary, you have the one X factor, which is Trayvon Diggs. But once again, the New York Giants on offense, their wide receivers hasn't necessarily lit up the scoring board. They haven't lit up the stat sheets. And so the edge, I would say, has to go to Dallas when you, you know, compare secondary versus the receiving core for the New York Giants until proven otherwise. Now the linebackers, Vanderich is a good, solid linebacker, dropped off a little bit from his first two seasons, but he's still a good run blocker, still capable of covering the middle, as a, as a, as a zone defender, and if they don't play Mika Parsons at defensive end, you're gonna have him all over the place at linebacker, and he is fast enough to cover tight ends. He's physical enough to beat tight ends at the point of attack. And then on third downs, you know they're gonna blitz him. And who are they going to target? Well, once again, the left guard position. Bredesen had a good game at left guard last last week against the Bengals. But uh, Glukowski didn't have a good game. So now the question is, okay, Glukowski had a good game against the Titans. The left guard position struggled in the pass in the passing game, did good in the running game. And then during week two, it was okay. Um, Josh Izudu didn't have a good game during week two against the Panthers. Bredesen did. And then our right guard who had a solid game during, against the Panthers, I mean, the Titans had a bad game <laughs> against the Panthers. So what are we going to see? Are we going to see a steady improvement 
at the at both guard positions. Because if not, I could see Demarcus Lawrence lining up at, at, at tackle, at defensive tackle during pass rush situations. I could see Mika Parsons lining up at defensive tackle during pass uh, passing situations. It won't be fun if we cannot back uh, pass block on third and long. And can the Giants run the ball against this Dallas lineup? Well, Joe Mixon only had about 89 yards rushing. So that, you know, is the New York Giants offensive line as bad as the Bengals offensive line? I would like to think not (laughs) because I'm a Giants fan. But there are some weaknesses at guard. And that is very important. What I assumed would would have been a very dominant game for the New York Giants against the Panthers. It didn't turn out that way. Now, granted, I did say that the Panthers were no slouch when it came to their defensive line. But now we have a defensive line in the Dallas Cowboys that has a proven veteran in Demarcus Lawrence, who has always been disruptive against the New York Giants. And then you have a piece in Mika Parsons that can be placed at defensive end all the time like he did against the Bengals. Or you can move him move him around, put him on the inside so he can blitz or do some stunts. They have a lot of versatility when it comes to this Cowboys defense. You know, that front seven has some pieces that are really, really dominant. Specifically Mika Parsons. He's one of the you know best player best defensive players to come around in quite some time. So with that being said, what what do I think is going to happen for this New York Giants team against the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night? So, so far I'm two and zero when it comes to predicting who is going to win, uh, you know these games against you know uh, New York Giants against their respective opponents. So one thing I hate is when the New York Giants face Dallas specifically. During a primetime game. It never turns out good. (laughs) It never turns out well. Um, I will say. That. If the Giants are going to beat the Dallas Cowboys. it, It will be. This coming Monday night. Because you have Cooper Rush. You have Gallup. Who is a question mark. You have a question mark at left guard. And. Actually, yeah, left guard, you have a question mark. So, if the Giants are going to defeat the Dallas Cowboys, it's going to be because their defense actually went out there and was able to shut down the Dallas offense and force Cooper Rush to beat them. Cooper Rush, you know, he's no Joe Montana, he's no Dak Prescott, but... He has shown that he's capable. Last week, he showed it against the Bengals, who went to the Super Bowl. He showed that he's capable at at a very, you know, uh, during a very important time in the game, trying to come back and get into field goal range. He showed poise. He showed he can get the ball to, to the key players that he needs to get it to. And the Dallas Cowboys won the game with a field goal. So I'm not going to say Cooper Rush is a bum. But 
You also have to take into consideration that the New York, New York Giants are missing Leonard Williams at that defensive line. Who is going to replace him? And will Dallas go at that player whenever he's on the field? That would be the you know, obvious thing to do. You know they're going to hit the Giants where they are the weakest. And that obviously is their linebackers. So they could have Pollard trying to catch short passes out of the backfield. They can have CeeDee Lamb sitting in the middle of the field. They could force these young safeties to try to make mistakes. They have a flot playing cornerback number two, but he got benched during the Panthers game and they brought Corbin, I believe, and he did a solid job as well. So both players got a lot of playing experience last week. Do we use Jackson, Adori, to, you know, follow CD uh, Lamb around? I mean, you know, if you don't have their starting tight end, Schultz, you don't have to worry that much about inside of, uh, of the, the middle of the field, you know, between linebackers and defensive line. That's often where the Giants are always getting screwed. So if we get Thibodeau and Ozilari, and then you combine the fact that Ward and Zimenez have been playing good, you have a nice rotation of linebackers. And if you keep Zimenez, I mean, uh, if you keep Thibodeau and Algelari fresh for the for obvious rushing downs, and they can give go 100% during their their plays, that can truly benefit us. You know, we we the New York Giants need those near not near sacks they need some sacks <laughs> they they need more than one sack and from a linebacker and, and one from a from a from a safety they need some steady pressure to keep cooper rush off his game and i know that's obvious and then i'm forgetting ezekiel elliott who can still run he's still a talented running back and he could eat up four yards of play and if they can manage to do that and you're looking at third and two, the playbook is wide open. They can still run the ball, and they can still do a short pass. So it all starts by stopping Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard, slowing those guys down and putting Cooper Rush at a, in a situation where the coaching staff really don't want him at, and that's third and long, looking at a pass rush of Ojalari and Thibodeau. That would be great. You know, because the Giants will have an edge when it comes to facing the two tackles. So what does that mean, right? <laughs> does that mean the New York Giants are going to win again? Of course. Of course I'm going to say they're going to win. Because, once again, I'm going to say it again. This is the right time to beat the, the Dallas Cowboys. They are missing Dak Prescott and some key components on the offensive line. And at wide receiver. Even if Schultz and Gallup do play, they're still coming back from injury. So they're not 100%. And that's an advantage. you got to take those advantages no matter how big, how small. Once you have an advantage as a football team, that, that favors the team with the advantages. So the Giants have more advantages 
than the Dallas Cowboys do right now. And the reason why I say that the Dallas Cowboys have more of a disadvantage is because they don't have their best offensive player. That is Dak Prescott. Had Dallas had Dak, Dak Prescott playing this game, I would definitely give the edge to Dallas and even the win to Dallas. But I'm not. The New York Giants are going to beat the Dallas Cowboys 23-20. to I believe it's going to be a low-scoring game based on how both teams have won their first two games. Well, not one. The New York Giants have won their first two games. Dallas lost the first game and, of course, got a victory in, uh, f- for their second game. But it was by three. So both teams have not found a way to light up the scoreboards. And obviously, the, the, the team that can, once Prescott comes back, is Dallas, right? They, they'll, they'll be able to score 20-plus at will. The New York Giants, on the other hand, uh, you know, <laughs> they got to scrape for every point. But right now they have, you know, confidence. They have, you know, a lot of confidence, the New York Giants, that is. Their, their defense is going to – the defense is getting two key players that can impact the game immediately, and that is Ojolari and Thibodeau. The secondary is young, but they have a lot of talent, and they have a lot of confidence. Of course, the weakness is the linebacking unit, as always. And we have Jalen Smith coming back. Does he get uh, put into the active roster? He's currently in the practice squad, but he is athletic. He gives the Giants some speed, a veteran presence. So that could help. Having Jalen Smith and Crawford, that could actually be a nice improvement over what we currently have. So knock on wood that that works out. But then you have Leonard Williams on the bench. And so that brings, you know, the progress of the defense back you know, the, their full potential is not yet utilized. So maybe in another week, maybe in another week, we can have Jalen Smith back at full strength, you know, acclimated to the defense. We can have Leonard Williams back, Ojolari and Thibodeau with a week of NFL experience under their belt. And then maybe Robinson makes a comeback at cornerback number two. But anyway, that's that's for next week. So my score is going to be New York Giants 23, Dallas Cowboys 20. Special teams player of the game for the New York Giants. I'm going to have to go with Gano if they're going to win 23 to 20. Defensive player of the game for the New York Giants is going to be Dexter Lawrence. If the Giants are going to slow down Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, is going to have to be in the trenches. And Dexter Lawrence has been, re- he has been a really good player so far. So if he, can, if he can continue to build on that, Dexter Lawrence is going to be a big key component as to why the New York Giants stop or slow down the running game for the Dallas Cowboys and force Cooper Rush to beat us or to beat them. And then offensive player of the game... I'm going to go out on a whim and say it's going to be Daniel Jones. And the reason why I say that is because Daniel Jones has actually put up 
decent stats against the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll see. Maybe that streak continues. The risk of being at a, you know, at a, at a third and long and having Parsons coming around the corner and, and giving Evan Neal fits. That's going to be a real interesting matchup. Evan Neal against Mika Parsons. That's going to be really good to see. That's going to be a huge test for, for Evan Neal. And then you're going to have Lawrence, in my opinion, going up against whoever's at left guard and testing out that interior of the, the, New, York, the New York Giants offensive line. Now Glonkowski was getting he he was getting beat by the same move against a defensive tackle for the Panthers, I believe it's Laurinaitis or something like that. He was getting beat, like bullied. So man, you know, Demarcus Lawrence could could almost pick where he wants to go and who he wants to, to match up against. Now he's not the same pass rusher he used to be a few years ago. But he is still a, a talented player. So that, that has me worried. But let's see. Maybe Kafka could find a, a defensive scheme where he's making Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and all of those guys, Vanderich, all of them. He's making them run around all the time trying to, you know, stop these little quick receivers on three-yard passes, you know, maybe screens to you know, Saquon Barkley, and then you're forcing them to run around side to side, and then later on you start, you know, running the ball up the gut and, and wearing them down. So let's see. You know, we could be seeing more runs by Daniel Jones this week too. So that's a thing. So I think Daniel Jones will be the MVP of, of, of uh, the Dallas Cowboy game, the, the offensive MVP. So it should be interesting. But anyway, let me know in the comment section. Let me know on Twitter. My Twitter's at JV Beta Photos. Let me know what you think. If you think the New York Giants are going to win. If you think I'm crazy that the New York Giants are going to win. And who would you pick as the MVP for all three phases of the game? So until next time, I'm JVB. I'll talk to you guys later.